Happy 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Literally exactly. January Year. 1st. Welcome to Snowed in January. And welcome what? to our first episode of the new year. And our first special yes. of the year. Our first special of 2024. And the first of our three Snowed in anthologies. So many firsts. So many firsts. I was just thinking there are so many firsts that I read today that were my first time reading any of that. that <laughs> Look was- at that. See? So maybe it's your just, first time reading all these things and we're going to be along that journey with you in one way or the other. on a journey. So today we are reading the Snowed In Anthology, Volume 1. And for all of our specials this month, we are reading Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3. We each decided to pick ones we wanted to talk about or ones we liked the story of. And that's what we're going to bring you today. You're welcome. I apologize in advance because my breakdowns are not nearly as nicely wrapped up as Ariel's. Same Z's. Ariel typically carries the team. I know her back hurts a lot for it, but you know. You guys carry different things in different ways. And because I am the chaos. Crystal bringer, tries to keep me from being banned, so. I do. It's really fucking difficult, by the way. <laughs> I am the chaos bringer today. In that, Uh-oh. I did not tell Ariel what book I read and what book I'm going to no. discuss, but everybody else knows their books. So, yeah. Massive so, anxiety. Crystal decided she wanted to keep secrets. Here's why Ariel specifically said at one point in time she really wanted me to come on the podcast with a book that she has not read and just tell her the story. And you know what? We're going to do it every single special this month. <laughs> so, you're welcome. Wow. <laughs> I have a commentary. He's giving you oh, everything you wanted and nothing you wanted at the everything same time. Everything I always wanted. I know she's so fucking really. and wants all these things. <laughs> and then when I give her the thing, she complains. It's um, like never it's winning. Because she's the brat to brat for all brats. No, it's because she's a control freak and she needs to know everything. And the brat to brat ha- for all brats. Yes. That is true. I have known her for 20 plus years now, so. Well, both of these are true. Both of them can be true and exist in the same <laughs> they're, they're, Yes, they're, they're not isolated facts. Okay, well, I don't want to follow amazing... I have a great and frustrating story, so... I do, too. Oh, well, I guess it's a club. A smutty book frustrated club. It is the blue balls frustration. L O L, And not just because it's cold and they're snowed they- in. Stay tuned for Friday, where you learn our new term, and it's fade to blue. Give you that little heads up into <laughs> Friday's episode. Yes. Well, I don't want to follow their amazing descriptions, so I'm going to kick it off. Yay, Angie! Yay! <laughs> My cowardice will get me in there first. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, like, sweating because I have to do this. I fucking hate doing it. It's less than a novella. You got this. We're just going to roll with it, and I will be there to, like... But that's why I like to read it, too, because, you know, I mean, I can help. Too bad, so sad, bitch. Go along. But so you guys are on your own today, suckers. Does everybody know what all the books were? I know. Would you like me to read the titles of the anthology for our audience? Yeah. So our Snowed In Anthology, Volume 1, this first one was a dark romance why choose anthology. And these are the titles of the books that are in store. And if you have not already joined us on this journey and are still wanting to, this book is available on Kindle Unlimited as 
almost every book that we cover for the podcast, but also it's only 99 cents and it goes to a charity and 99 cents for an anthology. I mean, come on, craziness. All right. So these are the titles, a naughty Christmas fantasy, a storm is coming backwoods blackout deadly reservations captive for Christmas killing snow snow strings attached hot chocolate and hitmen snowed in with the mafia pucking snowed in snowed in a cell snow angel wicked luck snow regrets and tinsel bound if you so if you are new welcome first of all but second of all if you haven't been privy to all of our I don't want to call them rants but like maybe discussions about how this month is going to unfold don't let her fool you it's rants but this month for snowed in January all of our books are snowed in and that's why this special and all of these anthologies are doing snowed in these authors all got together to create a why choose snowed in extravaganza because in case you didn't know the snowed in why choose trope is not proprietary just so you know and i just want to note that the not so subtle use of tinsel both in title and in usage throughout every book is chef's kiss so good job good job i am just here for it i just want a happy because bullying is wrong yeah i just want a happy book talk community yes like... we missed out on an awesome book and that makes me real sad especially since i genuinely enjoy that author and wanted to read it regardless but had finally convinced crystal to read a why choose book with me by that author and she was excited for it because it sounded good and then we got stepped on we didn't get stepped on, but she got stepped on. And there are consequences for people's actions, and that blows. So here we are with Snowed in January, because I am petty like spaghetti. Sorry, not sorry. Yes. So welcome. And now Angie is going to start us off. Although my title did not have tinsel in it, tinsel was mentioned in the story. So there's that. I feel like it was either in the title or mentioned within the story of every single one. Yes, I think it that was. was probably a requirement. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it really was. So I read Pucking Snowed In by Des Sweet and Brie Rose. This short hockey snowed in Why Choose novella kicks off with three hockey players from the Polars team, Roman, the captain, and Xander and Kazan, as they arrive to a cabin at the top of a ski resort. What is his name? Kazan. It's like K-A-Y-S-I-N. Interesting. When they arrive, they're on a call with their coach and they're, they're swearing they'll be on their best behavior. Don't worry, they lied. This novella ch- changes point of view every chapter, so we get a chance to look inside everyone's head. And while they're not all in love with our heroine, they're all extremely in lust with her. Love that for us. The boys are there for a photography shoot for their team calendar, which is their primary way of raising funds for their team gear. They're to go through two shoots. The first is for the regular calendar, and the second is a not-safe-for-work calendar, where they shoot in the nude. I want that one. Yeah, that's the one that really rakes in the cash, non-surprisingly. This is where our protagonist, Emery, comes in. 
Emery hates athletes' personalities because she was bullied by them growing up for growing up in a trailer park. But she's a professional photographer now employed by the resort. So even though she hates their personalities, she agrees to do both shoots. And because the world is a small place, guess who her main bully was? Xander. But don't worry, just because she's biased, that does not mean she's impervious to their charms. Yes, she does recognize that they're, quote, as hot as sin. So, you know, that's, that's, I mean. So, when they first meet up, Xander is an asshole to Emery because apparently old habits die hard. And she remains professional and directs them to meet her at the skate rink at the bottom of the hill after the stylists come and fix them up for the first shoot. When she leaves the guys, they talk and get them up to speed. And Kazen, love that guy, he calls Sandra out for being an asshole. And they all decide to be on their best behavior. If you're listening on the podcast, I was doing air quotes. The shoot at the skate rink goes by surprisingly well, with minimal barbs thrown in both Xander and Emery's direction. Afterwards, she sends them up to the cabin to get ready for the next shoot and her boss calls in with a warning about the incoming snowstorm she tells her not to worry because it's gonna be fine and cuts the call said no one ever yeah cuts the call to find roman the captain stayed behind to help her pack up the gear oh what a gentleman right no wrong he's trying to get her pants we know this because this is pov (laughs) okay So they get packed up and they head up to the cabin as the storm progressively gets worse. That's when the real fun begins. So she decides to take a few photos of Roman while he's in the shower, since the other two are distracted in the kitchen. He gets her naked and they almost end up fucking on the counter when Emery tells them to wrap it up or get lost. (laughs) Like wrap it up meaning wrap it up or wrap it up meaning wrap it up. Like, wrap it before you tap it. Get a condom Yeah, on. okay. That's my yeah. first one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a holiday novella, so it could have several meanings at this point. <laughs> okay. In the heat of the moment, he tells her he's been clean and he's been tested, as is the protocol for pro athletes. But she's not having it, and she makes snappy yeah. comments. If a woman about- tells you to fucking wrap it, you fucking wrap it. Yeah, that's her prerogative. But she gets, like, testy about it. She makes a provocative comment about how he probably uses that line with all his puck bunnies. And then Roman, for lack of a better word, humbles her, telling her that she's nothing special and nothing he's ever seen before. So uh, I'm guessing he didn't wrap it because he didn't get it. Now, this is in her point of view, this chapter. This is chapter eight. This novella, by the way, has 13 chapters. And... This chapter is in her point of view, and in her monologue, she admits that she finds him so attractive and so, like, she's so hot for it that if he wasn't being such a jerk about it, she probably would have let it go. But because he was being a jerk about it, she was about to turn him down right when the handle jiggles and Kazan is on the other side of the door. Roman opens the door and she grabs her clothes from the pile on the floor and she books it. She runs out of the room, runs down the stairs, grabs her key from the holder, opens the door and bam, she is met with an avalanche of snow. There is no way she's getting anywhere out. (laughs) So she turns around and she 
tries to hurry past the group of them because, of course, they all gather to watch her butt naked staring at the snow because it's idiot. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> so she tries to get past them and then Xander catches her in a throw blanket. And then they proceed to etch her to a point of near insanity. But they don't actually do anything with her. They just order her to get redressed so they can finish the shoot. I would be so mad. Yeah, she was... Uh, so please tell me she doesn't actually fuck any of these people. It's a so, why choose book. Of course she does. <laughs> she does. But the way <sighs> that it's written, I really am making her sound more terrible than she actually is. I'm not mad at her. <laughs> so <laughs> she gets stressed, you know. You're making and- her sound like she don't have a backbone. She doesn't. <laughs> yeah, because she wants them to break her backbone. Because she wants a different kind of bone. Several different kind of bones. Anyway, so she gets stressed and they, you know, get back to business when she gets an idea to do the Christmas shoot for the December page. So Kazen was in like elf footy pajamas and he's like, whatever. And then she's like, okay, let's do like that. And then Xander has like joggers. And then Roman shows up with a mistletoe ornament and nothing else. His ornaments <laughs> was it turning. The only thing it can be hang on. <laughs> yeah, that line was actually really funny. That man sounds like a real treat. Um, he sounds like just the kind of dudes that I would probably still bang because I have problems. Yeah. I would be alert, like crystal. <laughs> but then I'd be like, have you seen him? He's really hot. You know, you've really used that excuse for me before. I absolutely Dude, have. Angie, I dated a felon. She was right. She was dating a fucking felon. And I was like, Bristol, he's a felon. And she's like, but you haven't seen him naked. You don't understand. Felons deserve <laughs> orgasms too. <laughs> that, that was the first thing that came out of her mouth. You haven't okay. seen him naked. That's a fair that that's a fair statement. You haven't seen him naked. Maybe you would have changed your mind too. Okay. So Xander came down first and he was in a pair of red male pajamas. So, so he got to wear the Santa hat. And then oh God. Okay. Kazen was in his footy pajamas. And then Roman booms from the top of the stairs. Okay, I'm ready. This is in her point of view. He is still out of eyesight. I stand frozen and the minute he steps into view, my face flushes as my thighs squeeze together. He is stark naked with mistletoe hanging from a string around his neck. Oh, Where that's not the- what I thought it was saying. Because the from. mistletoe, you got to kiss what's under the mistletoe. So if it's hanging from I- his dick, you can't really do that. So if it's hanging from his neck, next best thing is his dick I mean, underneath his balls the mistletoe. Are underneath. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I would rather right. kiss the dick than the balls. Yep, yep. Um- One is a little bit more fun. She's like, where are your pajamas? Yeah, he sleeps naked, so he didn't have any pajamas. I need him back any. I mean, so, fair explanation. Yeah, yep. So she's like, where the hell did you get this? Where did you even find a mistletoe ornament? Anyway, so she lays a throw blanket on the floor because she's like, I'm sure the housekeeping staff doesn't want to touch anywhere your butt's been. And uh, she grabs some tinsel and adorn his lap so that he is presentable. <laughs> I think every single time we say the word tinsel in this podcast, you should do that cheer like, yeah, sound. I can look into it. Or I can find like a, a tinkly noise. So they, you know, get to work. They're posing, giving each other presents. They get about 20 good minutes of work in before 
Emery's clumsy and she trips over something and ends up in Xander's lap and she's like no I'm getting away from you I don't like you and ends up uh, facing the tinsel so she's like you know one in Rome that was my own personal pun you know she commences and then they all have a wonderful completely consensual and steamy as hell orgy in the living room and then they agree to give her a bath and cuddle her to sleep and then what kind of orgy are we looking at here taking turns are they all doing it at the same time they're all with her not with each other so i believe it was roman and xander at the bottom and they one whole double stuffed oh together yes and then kazan was up here and then once both of them at the bottom came then kazan switched and came also so for a girly that was super into like wrap it before you tap it, she had no complaints about she becoming a lots Twinkie. Of, lots of stuffing. She had no complaints okay. about becoming Honestly, a Twinkie. A Twinkie is so much easier cleanup than being a toaster strudel. I would imagine so. I mean, your pH is going to be messed up anyway because well, there's been yeah, something so in there anyway. Shower, you but might as well at least have some fun. It's contained into one area. But isn't it supposed to be good for your skin? Like the outside skin? Apparently... So, yes, but so a lot. But that's I just know, because the, the, the actual here. material is made up of like proteins, so it's right. like giving your skin protein. It is, but you also got to be careful because if you get it in the eyeballs, it does not feel great. Stings. It stings really bad, and then I you heard. can get it in your hair, and it's just it's a mess. So it's easier clean up. It may be more fun to be a toaster strudel sometimes, but it's more easier clean up to be a Twinkie. I would. Consent to be a toaster strudel, neck and below. I have yeah. made that stipulation before. Uh, I am like, please do not put it on my face because then I will put it on your face and I don't want that. I'm a bitch. I just, I'm I don't want bitch. it in my head. Somebody's got to get their beard wet. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation has devolved. <laughs> anyway, so that was the end of that. We don't have Amazon or Goodreads ratings because these just hit the shelves. So, uh, and we're also doing gonna... individual stories too. So, right. So you're Which just gonna sometimes have to they're available on Goodreads, it. sometimes not, and sometimes it takes a little while for them to. Yep, you're just gonna have yeah. to take our word for it. So I gave this a solid four because I liked most of the characters and it was well-written and the scene worked surprisingly well and I could follow it along and I felt like the camera work was, you know, on point. My favorite character was Roman, even though he was a bit of an asshole, because I'm just a sucker for the guy in charge and he was the captain, I I captain. So (laughs) that's me. And my cucumber rating was 6.5 out of 10, not necessarily my cup of tea, but still hot. Nice. That's good. I am going to request to go next because mine ends kind of strangely and I don't want to go out on that note. Mine ends on a cliffhanger. Mine too. <laughs> That's why I was requesting that. Oh, crap. So okay. Is okay. Is, question but... is, how dark is your yep. book? Oh, what? no. You haven't read it, so I'm going to surprise you along the way with my dramatics. Has Angie read it? No. Which one is it? Um. Let's just say we don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Hey, what book did you read? Hot Chocolate and Hitman. It's fine. We can do yours. I'll do mine last. I was going to say, I, now that I know we Are both, sure? it doesn't matter. The only reason I wanted to not, because I have a cliffhanger. So Mine's a little dark. 
I feel like you're saying a little dark and underplaying it greatly. For those well, of you listening, are, do laughed. you want to put up with my dramatics before you go or after you go? You that's know what? Why don't question. we end on your dramatics? Okay. I like. I was gonna say that's a better a question. How do you want to put up with my? I prefer <laughs> your dramatics. So I read "Killing Snow" by Marie Rose. Intrigue. Before I start, I do need to read the warnings ahead of time. Me too. So here are the warnings. If you don't want to read this, don't. And I apologize. Okay. Mentions of rape, physical abuse, assault, violence, explicit language, explicit sex scenes, including DP and blood play. This story ends on a cliffhanger, but will be re-released as a full-length standalone in 2024. No, I wish I had had that warning. (laughs) One of the male characters within this story has alexithemia, which is a problem with feeling emotions. This is mentioned briefly as part of the story, but not given a name. This will be discussed in more detail with the full-length re-release. Note, want to read Killing Snow. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I actually enjoyed it. And now I want to read the full book because of how it ends. I'm excited. Yeah. So it basically starts with Everly. She is our FMC. And it starts with her in a cabin. And this dude. Is it a murder cabin? No. So it starts with her in this cabin. And the guy in the story right now is super, super drunk. And it does hint that the guy in this cabin has assaulted her in the past so she's kind of stuck with the guy and that she has also been graped by him quite a few times so she is currently chained by her ankle in her room and she is typically kept that way all the time and the only time that she is not chained is when she is making him meals and cleaning the house so (laughs) this man also made her syndrome no okay she's his captive i'm assuming This man also withdrew her from college. And so, yeah, he comes in, he unchains her, and he tells her to cook for him. And as she's cooking for him and she gives him the food, he yells at her and says he's not happy with the food and says, what the fuck is this garbage? And starts screaming at her and then backhands her and she falls to the ground. Then he also continues to beat the crap out of her. So this book starts off real violent, guys. So she's just sitting here like, She probably should have learned what he likes. Do we see him die? Do do we see him die on page? No. So she's like freaking out because, you know, he's beating the shit out of her. And she sees the frying pan from when she made food. And so she takes the frying pan. Rapunzel! Bashes him. Don't. Nope. Bashes him right across the head. And then she. That's what Rapunzel does. It's a cast iron skillet in the movie, but yes. Mm -hmm. So then she. After she hits him in the face, he is like shocked a little bit. And then he does fall to the ground because, you know, she knocked him out. So she is in tattered clothing, runs the fuck out of this cabin to try to get away from him. And, you know, she's freezing cold because it is winter and there's snow and she doesn't have a lot of clothes on. And it is said that this dude from the cabin is her stepdad. There's that. I was going to ask. Honestly, I was going to ask that when you said he unenrolled her from college. Yeah. It's her stepfather. That's going to be my question. So her stepfather has spent many years since her mom died abusing her and graping her and doing all this stuff and keeping her captive in this cabin so she's running out the door and she keeps walking because she's just trying to get as far away as possible and then her vision starts to kind of go a little wonky because she's freezing going into like hypothermia and she keeps seeing shadows and visions in her side profile and she's freaking out understandably because she's like thinking what the hell maybe he's come back out or whatever 
And then she just continues to start to see movements and her eyesight is still going dim. And then she falls into the snow. Then the next chapter opens up with Killian, who is one of the dudes, not the stepfathers. I, I do too. So it's a good book name. Killian is actually the guy with that emotion issue. Cool. Which it is kind of seen throughout certain things. So he finds her in the snow and he picks her up and carries her because he's like, oh, shit, you know, this girl is like passed out, not in great condition. I need to get her somewhere safe. And he brings her to his cabin, which is also housed by two other guys, Damon and Wraith, R-A-Y-T-H, Damon and Wraith and Killian. So he brings her and the minute he walks into this cabin, Damon just goes, what? the fuck like that is his immediate reaction and then they see the amount of damage that is done to her body because she's been so abused and beaten like she's got bruises she's got cuts she's got like a ton of stuff like going on with her body it's a bit intense so then you know they decide to unclothe themselves and unclothe her to warm her up because she's going into hypothermia and they need to like make her body warm so all of them go into like a little group hug yeah kind of huddle (laughs) yeah and you know it's not all of them so it's just wraith and killian are doing the cocooning one in behind her one in front and damon is building a fire to warm up the cabin a little bit more and then he ends up sleeping on a chair after (laughs) what is so funny it's not it's nothing real it was me in my head Oh, God. When you went, Damon is building. Holly was like, a snowman? Oh, my God. You want to build a snowman? And then I proceeded to sing the song in my head. Oh, my God. So So, she's out for a while. She wakes up and super, super confused, which rightfully so. Out of nowhere, you're in these random people's, like, fucking cabin. And she tries to sit up. And Killian just goes, shut the fuck up and lay still. (laughs) She just lays down. And... You know, Wraith is sitting there saying, oh, you know, it's okay. You're safe. You're fine. Just relax. You were freezing cold. We brought you in here to take better care of you. So Damon is in the room, but he's about to leave. And so as he leaves, she kind of like shifts in the bed. And the sensation of her shifting against Killian makes him hard. And then she starts to blush. And he goes, keep still. You're in no state for me to fuck you like I would if given the chance. So this man, again, this is the dude, no emotions. So he just, you know, he's a little, he's a little aggressive. Clearly he feels something. Well, yeah. But then Wraith snaps at him and Wraith really reels him in a lot of times. So they end up bringing her in food and warm drinks because obviously they need to continue to warm her up. And so they're like, you know, when you're ready, we want to hear your story except for Killian. And he goes, all I want to know for now is a name. Can you give me that? And she tells them her name is Everly. And he goes, no, Angel, I need to know who did this to you. Who am I killing? I'm like, oh, that is when she reveals it was her stepfather. And she explains, like, I didn't think he was ever going to stop. And so I hit him and then I ran. And this, of course, makes everyone super fucking pissed. So then all of a sudden, because it's snowing outside, they lose power because, you know, This is a snowed in book, guys, and we need them to lose power. So they kind of just chill. The storm just rages for a few days. This kind of just like goes over. I don't know the actual time period. It just says rages for a few days. Every day she wakes up, they're all like warmly surrounding her and 
you know, giving her food and reassuring her and blah, blah, blah. She also sometimes tells them, hey, can you just talk to me until I fall asleep? Then she discusses her mom's death and that she was in a pre-med program prior to her stepfather's abuse and prior to him pulling her out. We learn, too, that Damon is super into literature. Wraith is super into astronomy. And Killian is a man of very few words. And he really likes hunting and being out in the wilderness. So. Hunting. Yes. Men. Yeah. Yep. She sleeps and wakes up. And then when she goes downstairs, she finds Christmas decorations just, you know, in piles because it's close to Christmas, by the way. And she decides to decorate the cabin because her mom was always huge on actually decorating. So she was like, I'm going to do this. After all this, she falls back into sleep and she gets more nightmares. So she gets nightmares a lot because of all the abuse. And she kind of wakes up screaming in her sleep. And when that happens, you know, they bring her into the shower. What is Ariel doing? Wake up screaming from dreaming. One day life will lose all its meaning. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> I made one earlier, but y'all can catch it. <sighs> I'll catch it later and I'll be like, "That's two. <laughs> and so normally when she has these nightmares, she goes into the shower, takes a shower, comes down. So this time, though, she decided to go into the shower and just leave the door open. And she's recovering quite quickly. Well, this is days later. These are. Well, days I meant later. from her however long amounts months of abuse listen there's reasons there's reasons for it she wants to be able to take the power back and at one point with her stepdad she had escaped once and actually got to sleep with a dude so that she knew what sex felt like without it being forced and then the stepfather found out and pulled her back and that is why she is consistently always chained and watched it's a really fucked up situation so she leaves the door open and he goes everly you're playing with fire. She goes, yeah, but what if I want to, Killian? And he goes, we're three hot-blooded men and you're a beautiful angel. Don't tempt the devils in us to corrupt you. And she goes, maybe I want to be corrupted. Maybe I want to feel again. And he goes, Everly, we're not gentlemen. We can't be gentlemen. And we certainly don't fuck like gentlemen. We have our own demons. And then she just goes, I want to fuck whoever I want to fuck. And right now that's not gentlemen. And I was like, girl. So what does he do? Takes her out of the shower and throws her onto the bed. And he's like, is this really what you want? And she's like, yeah. And (laughs) I just said that three times. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I need this. And he's like going in and like making out with her. And Wraith, being the person that he is, checks in and he goes, Killian, please make sure that Everly is absolutely sure about this because he knows that Killian can go a little bit too far and just start to lose control. Because he doesn't have that, like, social... Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have it. So they make sure, and she goes, yeah, I want this. I am I feel like I have a say. I'm taking back a piece of myself. And this part turned her on a lot. She's very turned on by these words. Interesting, but Okay. They go into protection and she goes, I have an IUD. I put it in during college. Of course, obviously, they ask if she's clean and she goes, I don't know. And Killian goes, I'm going to kill him. (laughs) He's so pissed about this. And he goes, I am going to cut off his hands for touching you. Cut out his eyes for ever looking at your gorgeous body. Cut out his tongue for speaking words to make you doubt yourself. 
I'll cut off his dick and shove it up his own ass so he knows what it feels like to be raped. And I was like, oh, okay. Even I'm so turned Killi- on by Killian a little so bit. Like Killian is obviously the favorite, yes? <laughs> so then he goes, are you wet? Are you wet at the thought of me torturing your stepfather and killing him? And I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? Yes, yes, yes. I am. <laughs> but then he goes, do you have a safe word? You need a safe word. What is her safe word? Tinsel. That's her safe word. So then he kind of just like goes into her and Wraith is like, Killian. He does. He just, he goes, okay. He goes into her. He does. He just, no prep or anything. He just, no prep. He just, and Wraith is like, Killian, you need to let her adjust. Relax. Was he just sitting there, sitting on the sidelines coaching? What the fuck, man? (laughs) They're all going to get it on. So yeah, because Wraith knows and he just goes you need to pause let her adjust yeah (laughs) but then this happens and Killian just as he's you know as he's fucking her he just goes I can't wait to see you covered in the blood of your enemies I can't wait to fuck you as we bathe in the blood of those who have ever wronged you then she's like scratching down his back and he goes yeah make me bleed for you scratch me and I'm like oh my god what is going on it's great. He did, he did say he liked hunting, so this is not surprising. Yes. Yep. And so she really like digs her nails in there and gets some blood going, and then the blood starts dripping off of him onto her. And so they just rub the blood into each other. So he's spreading the blood on her. Just uh, Wraith. reveling in. Yeah. Her so he does newborn. it, and then and then Wraith and Damon climb into bed, and Damon starts spreading the blood all over her, and Wraith is spreading blood all over they're like all three of them killian's fucking her and the other two are just spreading the blood on her it's interesting so they then probably she... get that man some water some electrolytes probably some apple juice so then loss. you know after everything is all done because you know her nails are just like tearing into his flesh finally killian just goes i need to leave the room i can't stay here or i'm gonna fuck her again whether she's ready for it or not and he takes himself out of the equation Aw, love a man who knows his own limits. Yeah. So then Wraith just says to her, do you need to use your safe word or can you take more? Because we're not finished with you yet. Because we all know Killian got his. The other two didn't get theirs yet. And And why choose Novella? And why choose when you don't have to? I know. So then, you know, she goes, no, I'm good. I want to continue. So as Wraith is like starting to play with her and doing all this stuff, he kind of expresses that he would really love eventually for her to build up to him wanting to use a cane on her because he Hmm. thinks that she would love the look of the blood rush to the top of her skin interesting approach (laughs) Um, and then he um, does demand that she's going to survive for him and that is the thing that is going to happen oh what's what's that okay I, I said interesting approach to this survivor that they just found in the woods, but okay. I mean, she's hot. Uh, be- only because yeah, okay. he says, you're going to squirt for me. I want you to cry like the little dove you are and cover my face with your cum. I'm going to drink it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> These men consistently like that. So yeah. Aye, aye, cabin. <laughs> I know, right? So they do all that. And then because I guess she hasn't really done a blowjob, Wraith is fucking her. Damon starts talking her through giving him a blowjob, explaining it, telling her you need to open your throat, do all this other stuff. He just says, relax your throat and breathe through your nose. I want you to take every inch. And then he goes, next time I want you hanging off the bed and I'll watch your throat bulge with my cock. I'm like, God damn. Okay. We're doing this. This is great. 
I had a great time with this book, by the way. And then towards the end of this chapter, which is Wraith's chapter, it was kind of hinted as some things that they do because he just goes, it was the best feeling I ever felt even better than killing people. Don't worry, that comes back. So now we're into chapter six. How many chapters are there? There are nine. Damon ends up taking her afterwards and showering her, just taking care of her. And then she asks Damon to read to her. So he reads her a Christmas book so that she can go to sleep. So then a couple more days pass and the storm has now passed. And Wraith kind of asks her, would you like to go and see the stars? Because now it's clear enough that they can go outside and see everything because it's not snowing and all the stuff. And Wraith really loves astronomy and all the stars. So he does. He takes her outside and he kind of just explains a bunch of stuff and all the stars and like constellations. It was so cute. So then he goes, would you like to sleep in my bed or do you want to sleep in Damon's bed? And they end up actually everybody sleeping in one giant bed together. And it was adorable. So the next day they wake up and Killian tells her that she needs to learn self-defense because of everything that happened. And because she's small, he says, the first thing I'm going to teach you is how to shoot a gun because you need to do that. And she goes, can't I learn something that's not as lethal? And he goes, no, because when it comes down to it, you need that skill when it's life or death to know how to shoot that gun. So they start doing that. And then, of course, like she's being a little sassy and she like is like, oh, do I do it like this? And she catches Killian off guard And then knocks him to the ground and then straddles him during this lesson and lets him know that she wants him because she's starting to recover. She wants him to tie her up and they're going to tie her up with tinsel. She's like, I want to replace bad memories with good ones. Killing goes, my supplies are in the car. And Damon's like, my rope and zip ties are in the go bag in my car. And then afterwards, she's like, that, okay. But then they're like, tinsel. And she goes, that'll work. Can we also revisit this conversation again where you explain to me why you have rope and zip ties in a go bag? And so they do. The men tie her up with tinsel. And they all start in on her. So you've got Killian's fingers in her. And again, she starts like getting a little too much. And so Wraith is like, hey, just like let her breathe for a second. Give her, you know, give her a minute. And Killian is just having a moment because he says, you know, the taste of her makes me fucking feral. So this man, I do love him. He's a little on edge all the time, but it's okay. So yeah. So then Wraith like touches her by her ass and she makes a motion and he goes, no one's ever touched you there. And she goes, no. So he puts his finger in her ass and Killian's just kind of hanging out there because, you know, he had to dial it back a little bit. And then you've got Damon with his dick in her and then Wraith decides that he's also going to put his dick in her and they go two in the vagina hey that's two for two it's two for two baby and then Killian is fucking her face or fucking her throat one of the two we've got it all it's pretty great it's a good scene I'm not gonna lie there's a lot that went into this and like it, it was good the next morning after all this happens the boys wake up with their phones ringing and they're like hey we got to go. We all have keys. We're going to lock the door behind us. The only ones who belong here can enter. So you're safe. Like you're good to go. We're going to leave. We have stuff to do. And they tell her, keep the gun here just in case anything happens. 
but you're good. So she's just hanging out in the cabin and she's going throughout their rooms and she goes into this room with like the bookshelves and she's just like looking on the bookshelves and she turns around and her stepdad is inside the house. And stop being stop it. Stop it right now. You knew he was going to be inside the house. Yeah, I saw yes. him too, but I didn't say anything because I'm polite. So she turns around and her stepdad is in the house. So she grabs the gun, but before she can even make it to the gun, he hits her, but then he starts choking the shit out of her. And then he throws her to the ground. So he's, you know, pissed, obviously. And so she finally gets the gun because she's on the ground and she goes to shoot him and the gun clicks. And then she goes to try to shoot him again and the gun clicks again. Is it a revolver? What the hell? The gun's not working. And then the stepdad starts laughing hysterically. And he just goes, have you been enjoying yourself? What's the matter, Everly? Did they not make it at least a little bit enjoyable for you? I know they can be brutal assholes, especially Killian, but I would have thought you might actually enjoyed being used like a little cum slut. He goes, they're mine, Everly. Contract killers doing my bidding. Did you really think they were here for you? They were here for me, my loyal dogs. And she's like, you're lying. And he goes, am I? Look around you. Do you really think it's a coincidence that they aren't here right now? They left on my orders. I called them and told them that their time with you was over and to leave for the next job that I gave them. And he was just laughing. And then he smacks her across the head with a gun. And that's the end of the book. Hold on. I have questions. Okay. Because... You've had their POVs. So they didn't know that she was the president I of him. I don't think so. So even if he was their boss, they but did not have that connection. she doesn't know that, that they, they don't know. Right. Oh, my God. But that got me. And I was like, because So I, I thought he was going to be in there because, of course, he was. There was a hint, too, because he had said everyone who's supposed to be in here has a, a key. key. So, of yep. course, he had a key. Yeah. So we're reading that, right? I <laughs> need to read this book because I need when to know. The, what, did it say when it just the says 2024? No, okay, it just well, said 2024. We need to stalk this author because we're not going to bully them, but we need to lightly I, encourage them to I literally uh, give us a release date. So I, after I read that, I was like, shit, it's a, it's darker than something I would have normally picked because I was thinking of doing the backwoods blackout. That was the other one I was going to do. I really liked this for the whole thing and I enjoyed it and I liked that little like turn at the end there it was cool so my favorite character was Gimbin. <laughs> that boy's mouth uh yes please I understand that he is gonna have some emotional issues at learning control but you know what it's okay it's fine I'm okay I'm, with it. I'm okay and I can teach him as far as a rating I would probably give it like a four out of five for now, I'll see how the rest goes. Obviously, like, I don't so know. It's hard to rate it when it's not the whole book. Yeah. But as far as what I have right now, like, I really want to read the whole entire thing. I want to read it. It yeah. sounds really great. Smut wise, I am going to go with like a seven for what was in there. I didn't describe it much on here, but oh boy, maybe like <sighs> a seven and a half. I don't know. I was here for it. I wanted it all. It was great. And I want it all. Can you show me? Sorry. So that was my story. That was Killing Snow by Marie Rose. And like I said, it did end on a cliffhanger, but it comes out in 2024. And but, uh, I loved it. I had a great time. And now time for the grand finale, guys. Grand finale with Ariel and her dramatics. 
And if you do not need a dramatic rendition, um, you can just skip to the end. <laughs> See how let's not that skip is. to the end because <laughs> this will be great. So I read Hot Chocolate and Hitmen by Persephone Steele and Luna May. And this also had a warning. This includes, but is not limited to, detailed and explicit sexual in- situations, BDSM, sub and dom elements, breeding kinks, swear words, extreme violence, gore, and torture. Please be warned that there are also explicit and detailed descriptions of dubcon slash noncon, emotional manipulation, gaslighting, and cheating outside of the harem. The dedication to this book says, to all those going through a difficult time this festive period, just know there's always light at the end of the tunnel. It just comes from the form of three deliciously hot hitmen who know how to treat a woman right. Amen, sister. So I'm going to be upfront. This book unexpectedly ends on a cliffhanger. This book starts with a prologue that has our female main character, Grace. As she looks around the room, her Christmas dinner is ruined. There are dead bodies galore. A dead man's head is stuffed right up the ass of a turkey. There's there's green bean casserole strewn across the floor. And she was very upset when she saw a little sugar cookie dog sticking out of the impaled eyeball of another dead man who just happens to be sitting in a bowl of mashed potatoes. But it's okay. She's not that worried when she finds out that the presents are just fine. They're just a little bloody. It's okay. They weren't ruined. So at least there's some light. All is good. So that is our prologue. It's one of those books where we get a glimpse into the future of the book, which honestly is not my favorite kind of prologue, but here we are. And unfortunately we never reach the prologue, but we'll get there. So the regular book starts out with a scene with Grace and Jason. She met Jason three years ago. Their first date was actually on Christmas, but it feels like things have been kind of pulling off lately. She feels he's been standoffish with her and she just wants to rekindle and re-spark the romance. So she has bought for him for the holiday, a romantic getaway. She booked this expensive, gorgeous cabin, has it fully stocked and has the voucher ready to give him. And... He's not happy about it. He's like, I don't want to go anywhere. Why can't we just stay here? And I was like, awesome. Great. So this guy's probably going to end up dead by the end of this is what my first thought was. So she's a good convincer. She's very upbeat and positive and she's pleading with him. She's like, it's our anniversary. Like I just, this is what we need. And she convinces him to go. And begrudgingly, he accepts the, the vacation. And as they're leaving, her best friend, Tina, is at the door because she's going to water the plants and house sit while they're gone. Tina's been weird with her lately, too. I don't know. She just she feels like a weird moment. She just needs this vacation. So they have a long drive. Like, I'm talking like a 12-hour drive. And this douche canoe is like silent or an asshole the whole time like eight hours in she tries to pull over to get food because she's been driving for eight hours straight and is hungry and she's like i'm starving we need to get food he's like can't you just power through 
Mm, kill she's him. like, I've been driving for over eight hours. We need to eat or I'm going to drive into a ditch. He's like, fine. Just make can it we, quick. Can we kill him now? Right? I don't so like I him. So they finally arrive at this gorgeous place, right? She's so excited. They even have this giant, like, 12-foot Christmas tree inside to decorate with all these decorations that you can do. And she's so excited because last year she had to try to drag a tree in all by herself. And her poor neighbor even tried to help her the last few feet when he saw her struggling. And she was worried about having to do it up in the snow in a cabin all by herself this year. And she's so excited. And this place has a hot tub and she's stoked. She's like, awesome. Let's go get in the hot tub. We got this. It's like re-energizing her from this long ass drive. Now this bitch, Jason, he's fucking tired from sitting in the car while she's been driving this whole way. So he just wants to go to bed. She's trying her best. And she's like, okay, it's okay. Like, make this work. And she tries to make him feel good a little bit. Starts like going down on him. It's taken a little bit, but then finally he puts his phone down and kind of gets into it a little bit. And then she tries to make it go further and tries to straddle him. And he takes her and flips her over. So she's on all fours, which kind of shocked her for a minute. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'm rolling with this. I'm rolling with this. And she just spent all that time getting him ready. Then he literally just plunges in full gate, no preparation, no nothing. And it is not pleasant. Does not wait either. So then she tries to stimulate herself to make it so it's not hurting. She's starting to get into it a little bit. So she's trying to like ramp up. Oh, like, yeah, like you got this. Trying to make Uh him the fucking king of the world over here. Poor people pleasing baby. But every time she speaks, even though all the words are to him, like, pumping him up he starts to get a little softer every time throw the whole man out and then he gets frustrated (laughs) tells her to shut the fuck up and shoves her face down into the bed so she can't reach herself anymore and then just goes to fucking pound town cut his dick off and holds her the fuck down until he's done and then rolls over yeah, that's essay at that point. This man is a piece of shit. She's really upset, obviously, but she makes all kinds of excuses for him. Like, obviously, she's probably been doing their whole relationship. Oh, tomorrow will be better. We'll be fully rested. We got this, you know, goes to bed. So she gets up early in the morning and she makes like more food for breakfast than you could possibly imagine. Side note, Jason wants her to be a stay-at-home person and gets very frustrated with her if she works outside the home, which really kind of frustrates her, but she wants to make him happy. So she has really thrown herself into this role. Something simple as cooking breakfast, now she's making something for like 20 people. And she's like, it's okay. It'll keep in the fridge. We'll eat it all day. Like, we got this. He's not hungry when he comes down the stairs. I swear to God, I would kill this man in his sleep. And she's like, ah, uh. she's like, that's okay. Like, let's go for a walk. I want to check out all the beautiful stuff, like blah, blah, blah. Like, like all these plans that they could do at, while they're at this beautiful place. And 
she sees as he drops it that he brought his bag downstairs. And he's like, this trip was a bad idea. I'm leaving. Your face was a bad idea. Get your fucking useless dick out of here. And she's just like, what? Like, no, this is for us to, like, I I don't want it. She's like, okay, let me go get my stuff. I'll I'll go get my bag and we'll go. If you want to go, we'll go. No, I want to go alone. I'll send somebody back to come pick you up once I get back. And then she's like, I don't understand. Like this trip is supposed to be helping us. It's a romantic getaway for our anniversary. Like what is going on? I just want to be alone right now. Like you need to, no, you can't just run away from this conversation. Like you need to tell me if you want to leave this whole situation, you need to tell me what's going on. Called it from the second Tina walked up on that porch. He's been fucking Tina for months. He's bored of her. Tina does it better. Tina is not so glass half full kind of girl. Oh, Tina's not so sunshine all the time. It's grating. So your I've dick act- going into my vagina without any foreplay is grating. You- he says douche. it just happened. Tina understands me better. She's fun. You're too naive, too annoyingly happy all the time. It just grates on my nerves. He says, I'm done with you. I'm leaving. We're all done with you. And he goes to walk out. Like, good riddance, fine. He goes to walk out. The door busts open. And three giant hulking men walk into the door with a duffel bag in their hands. A moving, groaning duffel bag that they plop onto the ground. Oh, it's Tina. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, that would have been great. So just to show you the kind of character this woman is, she just found out her boyfriend of three years has been cheating on her. He's about to leave her stranded in a faraway cabin. Strangers just show up with obviously a body inside a bag. And this woman sees one of them is bleeding down his arm. And she's, you're hurt. Let me help you. Honestly, to be honest, that's what I would focus on, too. Maybe I am the problem. Maybe it's me. <laughs> it's like, obviously, <laughs> priorities, right? There is a bleeding human in the room. So she whisks away the hurting gentleman into the kitchen. And she's helping patch him up. And he can see that she's been crying. Her face is all puffy. And he's like, why are you crying? And no, no, I'm not crying. And she is leaning down to stitch him up. And he can see the bruised outline of a hand on the back of her neck from when she was held down last night. And he's like, what happened to your neck? And then he gets all feral, like, who hurt you? And I was like, yes, this is what I was missing. Yes, please. And then he's intense that she's just like, Jason. And he's like, Jason? He gets up and walks back out to living area. What are you doing? And he calls her, my beautiful, sweet angel. And he says, balancing the scales. (laughs) Oh, this man sounds great. So he, Jason's in there. The guy goes right to go towards Jason and she's like, no, wait, stop. And he's like, but he hurt you. And she's like, don't hurt him. 
it was during sex. It was an accident. It just got a bit rough is all. And he's like, was it consensual? And then Jason, like the idiot he is, is like, Gracie? Kind of like, what the fuck? And she's like, it's probably best that you shut up right now. Oh, yeah. He's like, do you know these guys? Have you been fucking around on me? Are you serious right now? Yeah. He's not yeah. the brightest man, is he? No, so she this, got, this is something that cheaters do all the time. Because they're cheating, they think everybody's cheating on them. Yep, the paranoia. And she's like, how dare you accuse me of that? I've been nothing but faithful. And she gets so frustrated, she just starts yelling at him. She's like, just go fuck yourself. And she never swears, so it's like a big deal. And she's the cutest little sub-ins for her swears. And he's like, yeah, may- maybe I should go, kind of thing. And he gets his bag and goes to leave. One of the other gentlemen, not the one who she was just patching up, is like, are you fucking serious? Three strange, obviously dangerous men break into you and your girlfriend, sorry, ex-girlfriend's cabin, and you're going to leave her alone here with us? You didn't even try to get her to go with you? And he's just like, she's a big girl. Wrong answer. So then he tries to go, and then the other dude slams the door before he can get there. I'm sorry, you didn't really think we would let you leave, did you? And then he tries to run the other way. And they're all like, I love it when they try to run and they clothesline him. That's amazing. I love it so much. So down goes Jason. And (laughs) he's just crumpled on the floor. And they're all like, what's that smell? And she's like, I made breakfast. Are you hungry? (laughs) Well, thank God we got to see him dead. Anyway, bacon anybody? Like He's not dead, but yeah. That's (laughs) so good. They get eating breakfast and enjoying themselves. And she's like, who are you guys exactly? Because she doesn't even know their names at this point. Yeah. They're like, we're killers. Okay, well, at least they're honest. At least they have a passion and a job. (laughs) Yep. They did clarify it to her a little bit after once they realized she could handle they are mercenaries for hire. They kill people who have proven harmful to others after they carefully scrutinize the evidence themselves to make sure it's valid. Mm-hmm. So she's like, so you're like vigilantes? And they're like, sure. Oh, my God. Yep. Draw the so draw the cut. Eyes sharp enough to kill him. That's three, folks. That's three. She learns their names. The one that she stitched up in the kitchen is Atlas. And he is a giant hulk of a man and then there's teddy who is a big dude but just isn't fucking hulk sized and then there's key yes his name is key and he's lean but just normal sized kind of lanky (laughs) yeah lanky but lean and teddy goes to get up from the table The way he moves is not as fluid, and she's just like, you're hurt. Sit down right now. You need stitches. And they find out that she used to be a trained nurse and was an aspiring field medic before Jason made her quit, which makes them angry, very angry. And very angry. She gets like enamored by these men and she ends up telling the whole story 
but by Teddy really, because he's the only one in the room. The other two are taking care of business with the other two peeps and they're tying those guys up. Though they only have some Christmas lights. They like, they're like, honey, do you have any rope? And she's like, there's some Christmas lights in the living room. (laughs) Yep. He's nothing but helpful, you guys. Yeah. So she, enamored by Teddy, ends up telling him her whole relationship story with Jason. And the more she talks, the more frustrated he gets. And she asks, like, what are you guys doing here? Like, what is, what's going on kind of thing? Because they thought this cabin was supposed to be empty. Like, there was a whole thing. And somehow it was a mix-up or something. And it's kind of unclear. We didn't fully get that flesh out. It might be to come because this, yeah. So he's like, we're trying to find a couple's kidnapped daughter. The man that they're now putting upstairs was at the last known location. He was there tying up loose ends. So now we have him. We're trying to get information out of him. So the boys come back. The hostages are secure and they see that the snow is coming down. They decide to go out to get firewood. Ooh. And they're like, do not leave this room until we are back, leaving her in the kitchen. She's like, but, like, do you understand? She's like, yes. Good girl. Now make us some cookies. What kind of cookies do you want and how many? Like, <laughs> as he's, like, licking her neck, biting her neck, like, go, like, good girl. Now go bake us some cookies. Yeah. How many and what do you want? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So they go out. Luckily, this cabin is a luxury so it, they already had all the wooden supplies already ready in a smaller little shed cabin they called it a, like a little cabin, but it's like a shed it's a shabin they called it a cabin they're like a little cabin but it's like a big shed i think because the shabin. snow is coming the fuck down it is a lot it's too much snow Not just enough. too much snow they get all that going and then they go check on their hostages and make sure that everything's good and she calls up to them, dinner's ready. And they were on their way and she kind of starts to come up the stairs and they're not a fan of that. And she's like, I know you have the guys up there. I was merely coming to see if they wanted, they don't get anything. Okay. <laughs> she was trying to feed the prisoners. I mean, honestly, sure they, I would feel pretty bad too. <laughs> I wouldn't make them a, I wouldn't make them a plate, but I would like bring them water or something. I don't know, you know, Geneva Convention. So they go downstairs, they have dinner, lots of wine with dinner. She's feeling a little tipsy. Tipsy enough that they all see that hot tub there and it sounds like a mighty good idea. Snowing so hard, they must be really cold in that shed. Oh, they're not in the shed. They need to warm up somehow. They went to the shed to get supplies then they came back in with them. But it's snowing outside and they need to warm up somehow. Yes. yes. Well, she's been wanting that hot tub, don't forget. I mean, a hot tub sounds really nice. They're like, you know, no judgment. Do you want your clothes on or off in the hot tub? It's totally your call. Baby, off. Well, because, you know, they're being sensitive to the situation. Yeah, but they're hot, so off. (laughs) (laughs) Back to our previous conversation. (laughs) So she also chooses off. That would make this real awkward. Imagine going into a hot tub with all your clothes on, how uncomfortable that would be. And they start like massaging her and like touching her. And then Teddy is all like going down on her and having a good time. And she is just having a good time. And then apparently they all just trade places and they all don't stop touching her because tonight is for her. 
until she's like literally putty and then they soak in the hot tub and enjoy themselves until she falls asleep in teddy's arms and then and then teddy takes her upstairs and puts her in pajamas and tucks her into bed and takes out the braid in her hair and rebraids it for her and puts her to bed so we all know who our favorite character is. And they found out while she was drinking and sad that one of the things that made her sad about her life with Jason was when he took away the job, because the boys all discussed this afterwards when, you know, she was sleeping stuff. When he took away her job kind of thing, she was like, okay, well, I'm home, but I'm kind of lonely. She's like, maybe I can have a dog. I've always wanted a dog. This is a perfect time and I'm home, like, you know. And he flat out said no and refused her dog. Jason so And they were so overly offended by her not having a dog. And they were like, not letting her have a dog makes me just wants to punch his stupid face. Like, I'll get her anything she wants. Because Teddy had to give them all this information after she went to bed after they talked yeah. to him. So now she's asleep. So they go to rough up the hostages. They do all this sweet stuff, and then they're like, but we're going to go do some bad things right now. The dichotomy of a man, I swear. But they're hot. (laughs) Hot felons. So they're trying to get information out of the other guy, so they've been really working him over. And then Jason, they're just like punching him around and just like, you know what I mean? And then they kind of release him, and they're like, you're not going to look at grace you're not going to talk to grace you pretend she doesn't exist from here on out and he goes to leave and they're all like we're snowed in you're not getting anywhere unless you can fly run along now we'll be watching so the next morning (laughs) they don't kill him but they basically send him out to die (laughs) they give him a message well no apparently they let him chill in the house it's his choice to leave or not but they rough him up good. He's all swollen and bruised. And I think they're kind of enjoying toying with him too. You seem like the type. Real quick, I feel like all the girlies who have been wronged by a J name are getting a retribution right now. Anyway, fuck you, Jason. Oh, the next morning they wake up and, you know, Atlas is snuggling her in bed and it's super cute. And they all come in and, they're all like, well, there seems to be a lot of decorations downstairs. Did you want to decorate? And she's just like, oh, it's all I've ever wanted. So they it's spend. all I've ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Ariel's going more Disney with it. We're going I more was, millennial. but that's good too. So it's all I've ever needed. Yeah. So what are we going to do now? We're going to decorate. Okay. So they go and spend the morning decorating and making it all Christmified downstairs and decorating the tree. And while they're decorating the tree, one of the boys finds some mistletoe in the decorations and they get super cute with their mistletoe. And um, they each take turns kissing her under the mistletoe. And it would be super awe. If um, the next chapter was um, not in Jason's point of view. What the fuck? Right? I'm like, excuse me? Why does Jason get a point of view? 
don't do care you? about Jason's point of view. Get out of here, buddy. Unless we don't he want learned you. his lesson in the basement. No, he saw the mistletoe scene and he is very angry. It's not great. He says a lot of nasty things to her. She was like worried because she saw his bruised up face and all the what. She's like, I just want to make sure you're okay. She like ran after him down the hall. And he was like, you're just a fucking whore. <sighs> and how many guys have you fucked since being with me? You're just so fucking willing. And he grabs her by the crotch hard and like squeezes and refuses to let her go until she like squeals, Jason, let me go. And that is probably what summoned the dogs because she's all like, come on, you little whore. Don't act like you don't want it now. You were begging for it just the other night. And to get eaten by the dogs. And apparently it's like he knows, though, because, well, the dogs come and they grab his neck and good punch his lights out and leave him crumpled on the floor there. But he wakes up crumpled on the floor alone. And he's like, they mustn't have seen or heard what I said before they attacked me. Just heard her exclaim. Otherwise, I doubt I would live to tell the tale. So, you know, but you're just. I want him to die. He is angry and he decides to make his presence known around the house. So they're in there eating dinner. The boys, when he walks in, the boys all take the plates. Mind you, she makes enough for a whole fucking army. But they take all the serving dishes and, like, dump them onto their plates. And she doesn't notice because she's being fawned over. But like, ah, and he's, like, so angrily getting a frozen TV dinner out of the freezer and, like, slamming it around, <laughs> making his presence known. And then when he's done eating, he turns around and the kitchen's empty. And that makes him even more mad. And he follows the giggling down the hall. And they're in the movie theater room watching a movie. And so he goes in there. And makes his presence known in there. But, you know, she doesn't really notice that much because their boys are keeping her distracted real well. I bet you they give good uh, foreplay and she's going to be wet enough for them. And one of them comes over to rub that right in. And it's basically like, you could have had this. You chose to be an asswipe. Sorry, not sorry, motherfucker kind of thing. And he's so mad. He's like, these thugs think they can slide into my place and take what's mine. Like, first of all, buddy, slow your roll. You threw her away before they even came into the picture. And he's like, this game ends now. One way or another, they've taken this too far. I don't think they've taken it quite far enough. Honestly, I think you need to die. I thought that the whole book. And I will continue to think that. So the boys are working on the hostage upstairs, trying to find information on the kidnapped victim. And Grace is downstairs. She knows that this is very important. They're doing important work. But she can't help but feel like all these screams and cries of pain are dampening her Christmas spirit a little. And so she's like, I know what I need to do. I need to spread some holiday cheer. So she goes and gets a platter together of a tray full of cookies and some hot chocolate for her boys. And she marches right upstairs like, here's a sweet treat for you, like break time kind of thing and walks right in the room. And actually, they're all excited about it for a minute until that fucking dumbass hostage opens his mouth and 
says nasty shit to her. He's basically calls her a whore and like, what a tasty little piece of ass. First, you don't even know her. Like, what are you doing with this trash? Why don't you ditch these losers and I'll show you what a real man can do. And then I guess him and Jason must have had time bits towards her tray of cookies no oh hell no that is her last straw that is her last straw she gets real quiet straightens herself right up the whole room goes silent she calmly sets the tray aside smooths her whole face grabs one of the bunches of tinsel from the decorations on the thing walks right up to the foul mouth prisoner and shoves it in his mouth and she goes there <gasps> much better no more nasty words now oh my god she's better than me i would have used the tinsel choke him i was thinking she was but gonna choke him with as it. she was stepping away she accidentally bumped into a knife that apparently was sticking out of his shoulder and he's all <laughs> and she's like oops <laughs> oh my god the boys found that very hot of course they did so they stop everything they're doing right then and there they just drop everything and they stop scoop her the fuck up now. sorry and carry her off into the bedroom Ooh, yeah and we get a three for one special no way three holes all three boys yes bang bang boom love it and they have a great time and they're all like let's get you a bath get you cleaned up and relaxed. I just wanted to mention, she does make it very known to us that Jason's penis is a little cocktail sausage. And these men are not. I just thought we should know Not only did she upgrade times three, she really upgraded, even if it was just times one. I love that for her. Go crazy. I love that for her too. And then everything is plunged into darkness. The lights have gone out. That's weird. Because you're snowed in. <laughs> that might be it. They're like, okay, we need to go check the fuse box. But before we do, I just want to make sure the prisoner is secure. So he goes to check on the prisoner. The prisoner's gone. And Jason. so are the weapons they were using on him. Jason. Fuck, man. So they're concerned. They go back. And they're like, okay, we need to get weapons from downstairs. And we need to check the fuse box. Because I'm, originally they're like, it might just have been the storm that, you know, took yeah. the power out, but they had to make sure. They say to Grace, you know, stay in the bedroom, lock the door, do not open the door unless it's one of us telling you to open the door. Okay, great. And then they go off to get the weapons and then check the fuse box. The fuse box was clearly tampered with. It is not from the storm. And then there's lots of gunfire. Meanwhile, Grace is grabbed from behind. Oh, no. She tries to fight the person off from behind. (laughs) She does pretty good, except when she gets a good hit in and they drop her, she lands really badly on her ankle and she can hear the crack, um, which gives them the time to grab her again and drag her into the bathroom. And then you just hear a voice. They can't save you now. Fucking hate this dude. Kill him. To be continued. So, unfortunately... We will not get a resolution for this one for a while. What's a while? Um, So Persephone's mother-in-law, while writing this, lost her battle with cancer. And so they 
did not get to continue. So Luna May will be now finishing the rest of the book by herself. So it will take a little longer than originally planned. So she has it coming for Christmas of 2024. Feel like an extra Christmas gift. Yes. I very much enjoyed Teddy. I wish I had a whole book because this was a wild ride and it was fun. If I were to give it a rating thus far, I'd probably get a, a four thus far. I did have a slight like spacey typo, but nothing compared to the other stuff we've seen. But as far as Cucumber, again, it's hard because it's not a completed, but there were scenes and I would give this probably a five with all of the different stuff that's going on and on and all the different men. Nice. But there's only two scenes. So on the scale, yeah, which is plenty for what this is, but if we're rating on the spicy scale. So we're going to be doing this again for volume two. Volume one was, like we said, dark romances. Volume two is going to be paranormal. I'm so excited. Yes, I know. There's some good sounding ones on there. I haven't even looked. I haven't looked. I'm going to be surprised. Ariel read the titles for all of them. And there's a lot of puns in the third one, but. Yeah, the third one is very punny. It's all like snow, your vibe. Yeah, the light and fluffy. The crystal vibes. So thank you guys for joining us and happy new year. And yes, happy new year. It's still going to be a wild year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because with us, you always get a wild ride. (laughs) Well, we have our Snowden January. Our one year anniversary is in March. Woo! That's crazy. I'm going to a reader's conference in April in Denver. So I'll be there. To see so many amazing people. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. And we just, it's going to be an interesting year this year, I feel. So we appreciate you reading with us or listening along. Make sure you keep reading. Keep it smutty. In the corner. I love you, yes. Angie. <laughs> love and it. I'll continue crashing these ever so sporadically. Love it. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to love. Not afraid to love.